Hello everyone and welcome back to the sign of the dollar. So today I have with me another guest actually, uh, this time we're also going to be discussing slash debating uh, a topic and this time it's about the ideal form of government. The guest I have with me on the other line supports monarchy, which is obvious by his name, Central American Monarchist on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So uh, would you like to introduce yourself and tell the people how you got into politics and how you made uh, a political account for on Instagram? Oh, absolutely. The reason why I mainly got into politics was I saw the 2016 election. I had always been a raised a very Christian. I was raised in a right-wing environment for most of my life, very traditionalist. But the thing that mostly uh, got me into politics was uh, the 2016 election. I was uh, just kind of, right. I mean, the reason why I really watched was to see Trump lose. But over time, I actually slowly started becoming more supportive, not necessarily being a make America great again kind of person, but someone who actually genuinely supported a few of his policies, who could call myself somewhat of a Trump supporter, right. but a moderate one, not the whole cultish behavior they have. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was a, a similar um, transformation oh. for me. I was the exact same at the time of the election, and the election was what really motivated me to start doing research, mm -hmm. actually yeah. get into politics, take informed stances instead of taking the ones that I was surrounded yeah. with. Because uh, unlike you, although although my parents could you could consider them right of center in general around me, everyone was uh -oh. anti-Trump <laughs> and leftist. So I had a very, had a very similar, similar uh, yeah. like trans mm -hmm. uh, transformation. But I, I I went from I went from like left of center to um, oh. right of center always supporting Trump to now far right, right libertarian like supporting him when I think it's appropriate <laughs> and not supporting right. him when it's not appropriate. Oh, I don't always support every uh, one of his policies. The new yeah. newest one he's actually introduced is uh, kind of controversial because there's certainly room for debate there. Don't get me wrong. The the birthright citizenship? Yeah, the birthright citizenship. It's Oh, I, I've been there. I've been I've been talking about uh, the problems with birthright citizenship way before oh, Trump. Absolutely. And that was when oh, I was absolutely. left of center. So uh, there's exactly, I think it can cause a lot of chain migration. And it's kind of like, I mean, this may not necessarily be the most pretty view of foreigners, but I don't necessarily know about you, but I think that a lot of illegals are kind of coming in here, plopping kids out and, you know, they have all the access to American citizenship since they're born on our soil. That doesn't quite make yeah. sense. Yeah, the, I mean, there's certain, certainly problems with illegal immigration, but even more oh, than that, gosh. the thing is that the f foreigners who come to the U.S. and uh, come mm -hmm. legally and earn their citizenship, right. it takes them a lot of time, a lot of hard work. And then we're just going to allow certain people to come here for like a holiday and mm -hmm. give birth to their children and, and then they get all of the benefits of being an American citizen. Like, how is that I mean, fair? It, I mean, it makes no sense to me. It just genuinely is like... It's like a slap into the face to the people that worked hard to get where they are. Right. The people that worked Absolutely. hard to become a citizen. Yeah. It, it's not fair to them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So m moving on to the main meats of the topic, uh, the main oh, right. thing that we were going to discuss. So w would you like to start by giving us uh, your view on the ideal form of government and why you support a monarchy as opposed to a constitutional republic as there currently is in the United States of America? Mm-hmm. Uh, sure thing. I uh, actually have the government structure right here. I'll make it brief and give you a in a you know a quick rundown of what I think. It's copied off the three branch Republican type of model because elements of the Republic are still very much ingenious, and I still would like to think that I have a lot of American values. 
Right. Okay, so the government structure is split up into three sections. There's the imperial house, which is uh, kind of just like the imperial family. It's kind of like the equivalent of the presidency. There's the imperial senate. Then the high court. So, you know, executive, legislative, judicial. The imperial family is the, is the highest authority in the nation. Nation will be run from day to day on the national level by the emperor. The emperor is bound to a constitution and has a limited amount of power and needs the approval from the Senate to declare war and engage in military action besides its own units or personal forces. The monarch can veto the Senate if they feel it's proper to do so in emergency situations. The monarch's family will also enjoy protection and such. They will all at least be assigned at least one Imperial Guard unit. Did you want to add anything? So how, 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 would, how would that monarch come into power? Um, chances are I'm looking more towards a hereditary system versus a uh, elective monarchy right now and uh, an argument can be made for both but we could probably get into that topic a little later um okay i think that this would uh, probably occur via referendum or revolution i'm not so sure if there would be any way to genuinely make it happen unless all of a sudden you the current president or a uh, president that was just freshly elected uh with the mass popularity of the people, transferred uh, the United States into a hereditary or a elective monarchy. Right. So I will okay. admit there is certainly some vague thinking there. Okay. So what what makes you think that um, a monarchy uh, would be more successful than the, the current system we have now? Um. Well, I'm not necessarily advocating for an absolute monarchy, nor a hereditary monarchy. Well, not right now, at least. The genuine thing that makes me think that the current system is too divided. We need so we need a strong central leader, in my opinion, who's bound by a constitution and doesn't have absolute power, but at the same time, they can feel generally free and have enough wiggle room to genuinely rule as they see fit, so long as they don't crash the nation to the ground. There's going to be... I mean, the system I'm working on is still fairly rough around the edges and i'm aware of that there will be i'll keep updating and updating and updating doing more research and such and i hope to eventually sure. test it in a in a small social experiment but the reason why i generally feel it's not necessarily working is because d democracy or a republican type of system even to some extent is a popularity contest and ultimately a democrat or even a republican from american politics can ultimately do good or bad, but ultimately they can just use the system to their advantage and increase their own wealth without serving the people or carrying out promises they kept. They need to make good on their campaign if they're going to run under a system like this. That's interesting. I've never actually thought mm -hmm. deeply about this, but uh, mm -hmm. based on what I've seen and what I know about a constitutional republic uh, and, and my belief in not a direct democracy, but a, a republic, oh, which not. is present in india and in the usa and i'm from india so mm -hmm. I, I i do support a republic and the reason why is that i believe that the people do have a right to have some sort of a say in who controls the the general population now um there's a senate and there's a, an elect huh? um, so i wouldn't necessarily disagree with you to an extent i very much do believe that all right. Uh, yeah. So you, you, you have this. No, that's fine. Uh, there's a Senate and there's an electoral co college in the U.S., for example. Uh, in, in India, you, you have you have a parliament, you have your uh, re representatives, which uh, are voted for by the people. And then those representatives vote for the party and they mm -hmm. they elect a leader. So in, in India, okay. you don't directly vote vote for a leader. 
mm-hmm. like in in America, you can vote for a leader. Although popular vote doesn't matter as much, uh, it's mm-hmm. elec- the electoral co- college is still based on the people's votes for a leader. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, th- the reason I think either of these systems is effective is because they are not direct democracies in that they don't allow mob rule to take place. Uh, because there's mm-hmm. there's a sort of a filter. There's the electoral college uh, and there's also the Senate to make sure that e- even when a president is elected, to make mm-hmm. sure that he is bound to the constitution and that what he does is always looked upon by a group of other people. Right. I, at the moment, I think that I don't really see any problems with this system. And uh, I'd, I'd like to understand more about why you mm-hmm. think there needs to be a change and what what significant differences it would make if we did move to a, mo- a monarchy. Okay, Van. It's natural that nations decline, and it's natural that nations rise and fall, governments change, regime change, etc., etc. Rome t- went from a republic to an empire. That's very clear right. through history. What yeah. made that very clear through history is that a democracy can be very, very fragile in certain areas or even a Republican type of system can. The problem I ultimately have with democracy or republic is the fact that it's delicate and it requires a lot of upkeep and ultimately could be thrown away in literally seconds if nothing is done. The idea of a monarchy, a constitutional monarchy that has a Senate to an extent that has power to balance the monarch and oust them if needed. The fact that there should be a... In my opinion, if there is going to be a system like this, this might sound somewhat controversial, but there would probably have to be constitutional oath keepers or people who are bound by, who swear their loyalty to the constitution first and foremost, who have the permission to take out the monarch if they do not follow the constitution or oust the monarch at very least. Okay, so you you mentioned weak points or how a democracy can be fragile. Uh, yes. Could you elaborate a bit on that? A democracy can be fragile because, well, you never know who you're going to get. You never know if you're going to get someone who simply is in it for the money and their greed and the power. Or you never know if their intentions are true and real. Because no matter what, there's always going to be a lot of corruption in political systems regardless of what they are. That's right. just a very simple truth. Corruption's a normal part of the system. So why can you not use the corruption to your advantage and try to use it for good instead? A monarchy has the possibility to do this. However, it's not necessarily going to, and I will admit that. If, if there was a hereditary monarch, though, there is a, a chance mm-hmm. of the, the person who inherits leadership mm-hmm. or power of the country uh, that that person isn't necessarily genuine because they're not mm-hmm. they're not voted on uh, by the people. They gain that advantage simply by birthright, which I don't really find fair. Mm-hmm. And th- those are a understand. few problems to see with a hereditary monarch. But uh, right. you said you support a her- hereditary mar- monarch, or I oh uh, if the bloodline actually proved to be successful and actually had people of moral character and has generations of them, then sure. But other than that, right now, I'm leaning more so more so towards an elective type of monarchy. Now, mind you, I don't necessarily mean elective as in the people choose the monarch. I mean elective as in it's kind of like uh, the parliament type of system. The, the Senate would choose the monarch instead right. of the people. But the people would choose the Senate. Yes, yeah, so the people are allowed to choose some Senate representatives. Right. Okay. That, that's basically what there is here in India, except right. instead of a, a king, we have a prime minister. Yeah, prime minister. I see the merits of that system, but I think it's it's very similar. Uh, as long as there's a constitution and as long as there's a Senate 
as long as there's a house of representatives or as we have in the u.s um the electoral college Mm -hmm. uh, i think that we can prevent the problems that generally a direct democracy tends to have sure you're still going to get leaders which aren't particularly good who are still Mm -hmm. acting purely uh, to help themselves and not and aren't really helping the country. But b- because of the fact that we have a Senate, we have a constitution to look right. over this, we can quickly recover from mm-hmm. a bad presidency. Mm-hmm. Right. At least so long as the constitution stays consistent and the mass populace is happy with the current constitution. Well, yeah, you could say mm-hmm. that, but yes. it's it'll be it would be very hard for the for the mass populace to change the constitution significantly. Exactly. And I, I do believe that there is some room for uh, amendment a- a- every so often in the Constitution because, you I know, things change. Things uh, eventually so, do change. Yeah. I was going to say something about a Constitution that would be a subject to... A Constitution could be uh, rewritten to possibly be interpreted only one way because with a monarchy, it would be a little more... It would certainly be a more frigid system. However, a Constitution, if it's written for a monarchy, it would essentially just like a copy-paste of the U.S. Constitution, except for a monarch, that would probably be an interesting idea, but I don't necessarily think it would be a subject to interpretation one way, sadly. What are your views on, on the current system? Do, do, do you think it works well? Or I, I know, I know you're, you're calling for change right. and, and you'd like, there, you'd like for there to be like there. A, a monarch. Yes. But um, are, are you somewhat satisfied or happy with the current form of government in the USA, at least? I am uh, somewhat satisfied with the status quo right now, but not necessarily, not completely. I think that ultimately okay. what's going to happen is uh, corruption is going to consume the United States if we're not careful, and eventually the people are going to be subjected to tyranny at the okay. expense of the elite. I think that's ultimately what future lies ahead for us sadly unless we act now and demand change now i don't think it change will come overnight but i think if we keep at it change will come in a generation sure but to prevent tyranny we we have amendments in the constitution we have a, a senate we have a lot of um you know systems in place to to prevent tyranny from happening for for a monarch though how how long would how, okay, a monarch how remain long in would- power I think that a system could be in place where uh, they could check the monarch every uh, five years or so and see if the people are generally happy. If the people are generally happy with the monarch, they don't have to step down. But uh, essentially, they could serve five-year terms at a time, and uh, they could have a uh, vote of uh, confidence, sort of like uh, the prime minister. As long as they were seen as as good. As long as they were seen as good, uh, they can stay in power. For as long as they want. For generally about... I'd say until either death or abdication. Okay. So uh, another thing that we are going to discuss was libertarianism mm-hmm. and authoritarianism. Uh, libertarianism versus authoritarianism. Yeah, right. es- especially its uh, implications of right. You know the implications of libertarian or authoritarianism within a monarchy as well as uh, under a constitutional republic. Because right. in, in general, I would consider. A monarchy to be slightly more authoritarian than a constitutional. Oh, it definitely. I definitely will admit it. More than likely, is going to be authoritarian in some aspect because you have one person generally calling most of the shots, as compared to, well, one collection, a collection of individuals calling all the shots. What are your thoughts on that? Where do you lie on the libertarian authoritarian axis, and why do you believe that a slightly more authoritarian government would be more effective, and in what areas would? this government be more authoritarian? Would it be social? Would it be uh, economic? 
Right. I'm not necessarily a very authoritarian when it comes to economics. However, in in all seriousness, for a truly free market to exist, I genuinely believe that there has to be some moral implications of a uh, system in place for people to be able to not worry about their business. So essentially just uh, some limits on on larger corporations and such, and uh, possibly more protections for smaller businesses, because that makes up a majority of economies as far as I've seen. I believe that the best way to do that would would be to have a free market and not uh, grant bailouts to big uh, corporations, as as we've seen with cronyism in in the US and pretty much everywhere else there is capitalism. So, uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, as, as long as the market is made more free i mean i do believe that there, there is place for a government in the the economy somewhat uh, and that is yeah. only to protect man's rights so if a certain corporation is exploiting people is uh doing acts which are generally considered illegal outside of the economy mm-hmm. then they should be persecuted for that so there is uh, some level of government intervention but i i believe in a right. i believe in a free market and i think the the problems with small businesses not getting a chance if if they really do deserve uh, the opportunity and if they really do have mm. good products under a free market that be a lot more likely to succeed uh, rather than under a corporatist society, which is actually somewhat what there is in the U.S. currently. I mean, compared oh, yeah. to other it's countries, more of a, it is. It's more of a corp. Yeah, I can certainly understand why you think it was more of a corporatist system. I can certainly start. I can certainly see the growing corporatism of the of the U.S. system. A right. Lot of yeah. Bailouts it, are being given, and a lot of uh, these uh, corporations are more so being treated as public access than private ones now. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's a problem in many countries that have capitalism. Almost every country that has capitalism, I'd say the most economically free country would be Switzerland. After uh, the, uh, I mean, sorry, not after, but you, the U.S. would be after Switzerland because mm-hmm. oh, of fiscal yeah, policy, that. because of mm-hmm. uh, right. government intervention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I I believe that there still is a lot of room for the economy to become more free. So in general, a more libertarian yeah, I, I can uh, understand why we haven't truly experienced free market capitalism we've more so experienced what seems to be keynesianism yeah exactly to me so it's yeah, yeah. My, my my view is in 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 favor of supply side economics but that's that's as far mm-hmm. as economics goes but I, as far mm-hmm. as social uh, social issues go i'm also very libertarian and uh, i think it's mainly a question of rights because i believe that people right. have the freedom and the right to do what they like as long as they aren't directly hurting other people you know they live gen- in that generally i generally do with uh, a few limitations yeah and, I, I i would agree that yeah. there are limitations there's but limitations. As, as long as there isn't direct so so long as you aren't cramming propaganda and uh like brainwashing children into a bad kind of lifestyle. I do to an extent believe that the LGBT community is somewhat at blame. Somewhat, I said. I'm not necessarily Four. going to say I'm not necessarily going to say uh, that uh it's wrong it's 100% wrong. You can do what you like in your in the in the bedroom of your own house. You can get married so long as you don't force uh someone who's very religious to do it or drag them into a lawsuit. They they have the right, right. to decline if they wish. And uh, but ultimately, I don't necessarily think that they should be allowed to adopt primarily because it kind of gets into a tricky situation here, primarily because it's possibly because I'm more so religious and I'm going to admit that right now. I'm very devoutly Christian. I don't necessarily want to cram it down people's throats, but at the same time, if they're raised in a they don't necessarily live a very positive lifestyle and uh, people become a product of their environment. 
I'm I'm actually when it comes to religion, I'm less religious. I'm a Hindu, but uh, I right. I used to be quite strongly Hindu, and mm-hmm. I also saw a lot of benefits of Christianity, although I wasn't <laughs> considering converting. But now I've I've come to see a lot of disadvantages and social problems when it comes to religion. So I'm more agnostic. Um, I've, 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 I've also stu- studied studied religion uh, in when it comes to you know the nature of the existence of God. And mm-hmm. while I right. do think there's uh, compelling arguments on either side, uh, mm-hmm. I I don't think that either side can claim to to, to you know, truly know know the, know the yeah exactly. exactly. I understand. I genuinely do believe that there's the potential, but I cannot confirm nor deny it like the atheists that oppose me can. Exactly. So yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. But as as far as um, gay gay people being able to adopt right. children, That's... I think that as as long as they pass the same processes as you know a, a regular couple, they should be allowed to because otherwise it would be considered a form of discrimination. Because yes, there is problems right. with um, well, children who are raised right. under a gay household. But as yes. long as as long as they're going through the process, as long as they're being judged by, you know, the people who are granting adoption, I think it, it's absolutely fine then. I could understand that to an extent. That's just my personal opinion. I object to it. You don't necessarily have to agree with me. Right. But w- w- why do you believe that uh, if, if, for example, um, that there is a gay couple which yeah. has passed through all of the same tests and the the people who are granting adoption have uh, made the judgment that they're as fit to adopt as any uh, straight couple why do you think then they shouldn't be able to i don't necessarily want i don't necessarily want gays to create a bad environment for the child i think that in all seriousness if we're going to have adoption types of programs we need to do this with everyone not just gays because i'm not going to discriminate in all seriousness we would have to do that we would have to make sure that there's regular checkups with the child making sure that they're okay okay with this family that they're not being abused not being used for any kind of underhanded tactic or any right kind but of, that, yeah. that that worry could that worry mm-hmm. could come on under a straight couple as well oh i'm sure i said i said under everyone I'm I'm aware. Okay. That, so, yeah, that could Yeah, I, I get that. So long as they're like so long as they're not necessarily being used for that, I'm completely okay. Right. I'm generally okay. okay, but they have to in my opinion be held to somewhat higher standards primarily just to make sure okay. no, no risks. I also think right. that standards should just be raised in general on in all seriousness. Coming back to the, the main mm-hmm. idea of libertarianism, uh I mean there there's a few reasons that I support libertarianism uh, one is the promotion of individual choice and decision making i believe that once an authority uh, in- intervenes every time somebody makes a bad decision i believe that it doesn't give that person a chance to learn from his mistakes and actually develop as a person and get used to the habit of using their own reason instead of relying on an authority to decide everything that they do for example i, I support the legalization of gay marriage i support the legalization mm-hmm. of marijuana uh, because I, I believe that people should, if they do make bad decisions, they should have the freedom to do it and then move on from them and learn from them. So long as they aren't directly hurting other people or, as you said, directly brainwashing them, I believe that they should be able to do what they want. That's a protection of their rights. Mm-hmm. And uh, once, yeah, so once they do it, what happens is they either learn from it or they don't. If they don't learn from it, they face the consequences. They they have a bad life. They don't achieve happiness. They 
they they generally face a lot of consequences even if they don't face uh, prosecution from the government they face uh, you know social ostracization other things like that so I, I think that there are always consequences for bad actions regardless of whether the government uh, administers them or not oh, so uh, I think that it's better it's better for there to be a system where people have the freedom to do the, uh, the wrong thing and then either learn from it or not learn from it. Because if, if we direct people what to do, if, if we have a system where, where everyone's directly dependent on the government to actually make the, go through the process of making decisions for them, uh, I think that's going to cause a lot of problems. Because the main problem I do see, and this is an idea that Ayn Rand explores, is is the hmm. is the evasion of reason the oh, evasion the of your evasion own mind is, is definitely uh something i can understand i have uh looked into ayn rand atlas shrugged was a very interesting book her yeah. philosophy is practical but somewhat straightforward as well yeah i, I mean uh to, to have a perfectly objectivist society <laughs> you'd need an ideal world i mean there's no denying that but there's no such uh, thing. you know perfect ideas kind of a fantasy exactly et so, but I certainly believe that ideas from objectivism can be extracted and applied in the modern world, and they would be greatly beneficial. I think to, that uh, they could, progress. to possibly a lighter extent. Honestly, I'm not going to lie; they po- perhaps could to a lighter extent, but maybe not to the, quite the extent people think. Right. I mean, her ideas are very controversial, oh, but I, I think they're misunderstood. I can um, understand. I, th- I that, think. Yeah. In in a lot of ways, they're misunderstood. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's a topic to discuss uh, another day. Right. But. Uh, c- coming coming back to the main thing, right. uh, like I said, my, my main problem is the government dictating everything that people do. Absolutely everything. Uh, dictating I can understand that. personal decisions, mm-hmm. right. and when this happens, there's nothing stopping them from the, from the government to take more rights from th- those people. Mm-hmm. Exactly, I can genuinely understand that, and that's where the idea of a constitutional monarchy comes in, rather than an absolute. Because if you have an absolute monarchy, you have a tyrant or a despot in power, and there's not much you can do to overthrow them unless someone genuinely has all the tools, the connections, and the hardware to take that person out. It would create a messy society and a scramble for the throne. If you've ever heard of the War of Roses. It's okay if you uh, haven't. No. It's uh, essentially just the English Civil War. It's like a series of civil wars where royalty and nobles were fighting for the throne of England. It was a mess. Oh, okay. That, it, but it was an absolute monarchy as compared to a constitutional one. Yeah. I mean, the monarchies that we have seen have tended to be like a lot more authoritarian and uh, less constitutional oh, d- oh, so far. That. So Society is... Yeah. So we have yet, we have yet to see... We've yet to see a more of an uh, elective constitutional monarchy, and I, I think certainly that that would be better than a hereditary monarchy, but I still believe a constitutional re- republic to be yes. uh, better There's, than uh, that as well. I can understand part of that, but at the same time, uh, if you take a good look, it is partially my belief that it's kind of a reactionary thing, if you've ever heard of reactionism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not necessarily... A full-blown reactionary. If I was, I would be like beheading gays, like the Muslims. <laughs> right. Don't worry. I'm not. I'm not that. I'm very devout, <laughs> but I'm not going to force it down people's throats. I think yeah. that if religion is introduced in an element more so, the government promotes it rather than shoves it down people's throats. They promote the values of it rather than shoving it down people's throats. It could be a unifying factor if used gently and and in a 
a certain way rather than shoving it down people's throats like some kind of despotic theocracy like Byzantium was. Sure. Uh, going back to libertarianism and authoritarianism, mm. um, right. how, how would you, I mean, we, we need to wrap, wrap this uh, podcast up in, in a couple minutes, but we'll just okay. come to our final, you know, our final right. point. Okay. Yeah. So how, how would you define libertarianism and authoritarianism? And what are your views on individual liberties? And where do you think the line is drawn between liberties and benefits? Well, I think in the modern era that we very much are a welfare society and we can't really survive without welfare to some extent. However, I think a minimalist version of welfare, I don't necessarily know what that would look like, I will admit, but I think that a uh, version of welfare that exists purely for people who are transitioning to from one job to another and it's short-lived can be beneficial. I don't think that we should have all this welfare going into my going towards uh, illegals and uh, possibly even people ripping the system off. I think the system should be uh, policed regularly, not necessarily forcefully, but regularly enough to warrant concern. As for uh, the idea of individual liberties, I would say that they can generally, that people can generally do as they want so long as they don't force their lifestyle onto others and it's so long as that they are relatively calm and quiet about it. That goes for, for sure. everyone, period. I've, I've spoken to people who consider themselves authoritarian or people who consider themselves libertarian when actually when I've seen their ideology, it seems that they're the complete opposite. So oh, in, all, what... in, all, in all seriousness, I would consider myself a paleo-libertarian first. The idea of paleo-libertarianism stems from paleo-conservatism, but it's essentially the idea of the state's primary function is to encourage uh, liberty and uh, more traditional values rather than force it. And right. A paleo-libertarian social order can possibly rise out of society that's sick of seeing all this crazy, uh, I guess, if you do look at society, we are very hyper-sexualized. Yeah. I will just kind of point that out. I'm not really going to say much beyond it. But <laughs> yeah. People could sort of see that as, oh my god, it's so degenerate. We need to go back to a time. We need to go back to the medieval ages. We need to have women cover up. I'm not that crazy i just want more moral values to i just want more traditional values to be reintroduced into the system over time rather than completely shove down someone's throat right sure i mean th th there should be uh some some sort of promotion of uh, values and morals and we should want to live in a in a moral right. society we genuinely uh, should sure. mm -hmm. but um e if, for example, there is, you know, a conflict of ideas, there is discussion about this, there is right. general awareness that there is, you know, th this kind of form, this way of living, which is a lot more moral, but people right. still choose not to do it. I think of they course. should have the freedom to do it, but then they're going to face the consequences right. for sure. Oh, of course. They always will have to. You pay. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you pay, regardless, you sacrifice everything in life one way or another. So naturally if they're going to not going to take this path then they may have quite a deadly consequence to pay right okay mm -hmm. so wrapping up uh, mm -hmm. one, one last point about my my view of libertarianism and what, what really defines uh libertarianism right. is uh i think the importance uh of exploring the branch of philosophy that is politics is mm -hmm. um 
the understanding where force is ad- administered and when it's right for that force to be administered and when it's wrong. Like okay. when the government should have the power to administer the use of force. And I think the idea of libertarianism is that use of force is only appropriate when people within society are uh, administering the use of force by themselves on other people. And that's Mm. where the government can intervene and use force in retaliation. And in in general, even even when it comes to uh, interactions between two people within a society, for example, if you come and you threaten me with a gun or you, you attack me, then I have every right to retaliate by shooting you or course, uh, by yeah. uh, pulling or, out my own gun. Right, so, or vice versa. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. so essentially the so, non-aggression principle, right? Exactly. Okay, so, okay. I can understand that then. I, I understand. Got it. Yeah, and I, I think that the government's main purpose and their only purpose should be actually to protect man's rights. And once they start becoming too big once they start uh, dictating a lot of things that people do then instead of protecting man's rights they actually start infringing upon them i think their only job should be to stop other people when they infringe upon them but if they try to do too much if they try to expand and become too big mm-hmm. it's always going to happen that they're going to start infringing upon them okay man that would naturally make sense because government no matter what always over time grows and it leads to either a revolution or a coup d'etat or a new regime coming into power right mm-hmm. okay anyway uh, uh is there any final points or last things you'd like to say before we wrap this up uh sure thanks for having me on genuinely for sure nice. Th- thank- thanks for being on the podcast it's always no good to talk mm-hmm. go follow me a central american monarchist on instagram <laughs> Yep, that's ctrl dot uh, american dot monarchist if I'm not mistaken. Oh yeah, it's dot yeah. monar it's dot american dot monarchist. So yeah, you yeah, got that right. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> so yeah, be, be, be sure to follow him. Uh, be sure to follow us at TSD Politics. Uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. It's been your host Anis mm-hmm. Satpute with uh, Oscar on the other line from Central American Monarchist. Thank you for being on, and no that'll problem. do it for us today at the sign of the dollar. Take care.